Welcome to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Each weekday, Dr. Crisp will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Crisp. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is the 365 Bible Reading Plan. Today is January 28th. And our chapter reading is Exodus chapter 2. We're in Egypt. Now the Pharaoh that did not know Joseph and did not respect what he had done has now brought the children of Israel into bondage and slavery. They are building the cities of the Pharaohs. And the scripture says, And a man of the house of Levi went and took a wife, a daughter of Levi, that is, one of his cousins. So the woman conceived and bore a son. And when she saw that he was a beautiful child, now that is somewhat of license with that word beautiful. I'm not sure Moses was beautiful. The Hebrew says tov, T-O-V. When you get up of a morning in the land of Israel or you come from a Jewish family, you don't say good morning, you say Booker tov. Boker tov, boker is the word for morning. Tov is the word for good. This is the same word used in Genesis chapter 1. And the Lord saw, Elohim saw that everything was tov. It was good. Good doesn't just mean good in the sense of not bad, but it means good in the sense of whole, beautiful, fair, agreeable, well-fitting. All of those terms describe the word tov. And so Moses was an all-around well-built child. In other words, he was pleasant to look at. He was pleasant to look upon. He was a child that had a good complexion. He would have been a child that was well-formed. All of that goes into this term tov. And when she saw that he was a tov, that he was tov, literally is what it says, she hid him three months. Why? Because of the decree of Pharaoh. But when she could no longer hide him because he was getting older and she could not satisfy him and he was beginning to whimper more and cry more and all of those things that take place, she took an ark of bulrushes for him and daubed it with asphalt and pitch just like Noah did with the ark put the child in it because it would have been dry inside and free from water coming in and laid it in the reeds by the river's bank by the Nile. And his sister stood afar off to know what would be done. Then the daughter of Pharaoh came to just happened to come down. You see, this is what the Bible calls providence. Now we use that term loosely providence. It is made up of two words. It's Latin. It is the word pro, which means before, and videre, which means to see. God sees before and he plans. This is the same idea of the term Hashem Yireh. 
That is, the God who sees, the personal covenant name of God with the word sees. This is what it would be, the same thing. Back in Genesis chapter 22, you remember I talked to you about the binding of Isaac and how the scripture says that God is the God who sees. The reason God provides is because God sees. He sees everything, and he saw all of this coming and pro beforehand, you see, God really does know it all. Sometimes we forget that and we act like that things that come into our lives, whether it's a disease or a plague or, quote, an accident, end quote, that somehow that just came upon us. Oh, no, it didn't. God saw it all along. And by the way, God has prepared for it. And if we will let him, he will prepare us and give us all the grace that we need. God never says, oops, I didn't see that one coming. Or, oops, I didn't see that cancer. Or, oops, I didn't see COVID as a virus. Or, oops, I didn't see that plague coming. No, no, no. God sees it all. And he sees the good, bad, and ugly. And so, in the providence of God, he led this woman, prompted this woman, the daughter of Pharaoh, to be there just right on time. And no doubt, others had observed when she went down to the river to bathe. I'm sure it was a regular occurrence. And it just happened to be that Moses was there. And God had arranged it all. And so she heard the baby crying. Well, she did not have a child, obviously. A young maiden, no doubt. And so here her heart was drawn to this child. And the sister just happened to be near and said, Would you like for me to get someone to take care of? This is a little Hebrew child. Maybe I can find a mother. So Pharaoh's daughter said, Yes, go get a nurse and I'll pay her. And sure enough, here Miriam went, got Moses' mother, and she was all ready to feed the child. After all, she had been doing it for months now. And so she was paid then to raise Moses. Isn't that just like God to do this? And so the child grew. Moses grew up, and it came to pass in verse 11. When Moses was grown, that he went out to his brethren and looked at their burdens, at their slavery, their bondage. And he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew. That was one of his brethren that was being beaten. So he looked this way and that way. And when he saw no one, he killed is what the English versions say. But that can be used in a lot of different ways. If you say that in the context of most, you would say that Moses murdered this man. Oh, no. No, this is not the word for murder. This is not the word in Exodus chapter 20. When we get there, we'll look at it. Verse 13, where God says, you shall not murder someone. That's not the word here. It's a different word that's used in verse 15. So what is the word here? Well, the word is naka. Naka. N-A-K-A-H is the way I would probably transliterate it. And it's translated most of the time, defeat someone. In the past tense, struck down someone. 120 times it is used. It's the most ever just Moses struck him. 
But he struck him, obviously did not mean to kill him. There's another word for that, for murder, to slay someone. No, this would be what we would call manslaughter. In other words, it has to do with the intent of the heart. Well, who would know that? Well, who's writing this? Moses is. And this is another signal of the Mosaic authorship of the Torah, of the Pentateuch, as we call it. Yes, because who would know the intent of Moses' heart besides Moses and God? And so Moses wrote this down. He knew he didn't mean to kill this guy. He was just going to beat him up a little bit and rough him up. And sure enough, he got carried away, and this old boy didn't come to. And so Moses buried him in the sand. Now, I'm not just making this up. That's literally the word. When you come down to verse 14, he knew that he was found out because one of the Hebrews who was fighting another Hebrew, and Moses was trying to be the peacemaker and saying, what are you doing? He said, who made you a prince and a judge over us? Do you intend to kill me as you kill the Egyptian? So Moses feared and said, surely this thing is no. And when Pharaoh heard of this matter, he sought to kill Moses. Now that's the word harag, harag or harag as we would say it. And so this is the word now to kill someone, to take someone's life, and has to do with violence. I mean, especially private violence. In other words, Pharaoh would not have taken lightly to this. Moses coming up in his daughter's home as an interloper to his own children, and now this is not good at all. And he says, well, I'll just kill Moses. I'll slay him. I'll teach him a lesson and make him a lesson to everyone else. And Moses knew he meant business. And so he took off and he went into the land of Midian. Now, Midian in the Bible is everything that's on the other side of the Jordan River, on the eastern side of the Jordan River. Now, when Moses got to Midian, he met a man by the name of Ruel, also called Jethro in the Bible. We'll see that as we go through Exodus and following. And he had seven daughters. One of them was named Tzipporah. Tzipporah. It comes from the word Tzipor, which is the word for bird. Now, I don't know whether she had a beak. I don't know whether she had bird legs. I don't know what, but her name was Bird. And it could have been, of course, I'm being facetious. It could have been that she was as sweet and tender as a bird. Now, that's what I would say. But I know some of you would look at it the other way. And so here is what happened. Moses fell in love. He married uh, the bird, Zipporah. And so they were there on the backside of that desert in Midian for a period of 40 years. Now, I'm going to wait until the next podcast when we get into chapter 3 to look at verses 23 and following because really a new thoughts starts after the introduction of Zipporah and Moses and their journey together. And we're going to learn that God blessed Moses with sons and he made his way back to Egypt. But we're going to look at that in the next chapter. But what I want you to understand is that 
Moses is introduced here. Moses means to draw out. It means to draw out of the water. That's how it was found, and his name was Moses. I want you to remember this tribe of Levi, of Levi, because this becomes the priestly tribe. Now, the reason that's important is when I break down the entire Old Testament into 10 time periods, we have after the primeval period, that's everything that happened from Genesis chapter 1 through Genesis chapter 11. All of that happened before 2166 BC because that's when Abraham was born. And that introduces what we call the patriarchal age. That is when not only were the fathers the leaders, the patriarchae, that is Patri is the word for uh, father, patras, and then you have the word arche, which means leader in Greek, so the father leaders, but they were also the priest. That lasted all the way down to the period of the Exodus. And the reason that we call that the patriarchal period is because after the patriarchal period and after the Exodus and the rise of Moses of the tribe of Levi and his brother Aaron, God appointed this tribe of Levi as the priestly tribe and the patriarchal age as such ended because the fathers were no longer considered the priest in Israel and among the children of Israel, but the tribe of Levi, a person didn't just sacrifice at will. No, the priests were going to be those people that were of the tribe of Levi, of Levi, that would be the intercessors and would be the go-betweens between God and man and man and God. They were of a certain tribe and they had certain duties. They did not get an inheritance of land in the promised land as everyone else did, but their inheritance were the cities. And we'll talk about that when we get into the division of the land in the books to come. But I just want you to remember Levi, Levi as we call him, also Moses and Aaron of this tribe of Levi and of his wife, Zipporah, because we will read about her in the coming chapter and chapters, because Moses took a Midianite wife, and she stuck with him all the days of his life. We're going to read more about Aaron's family, and especially about Aaron, his brother, and Miriam, his sister. And so just continue to read. We're going a chapter a day through the book of Exodus, and as we read through this, we're going to see how God miraculously delivered his people with a strong and mighty arm. For On The Way, this is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On The Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at TonyCrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at TonyCRISP.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.